Welcome to Leveraged Lifestyle, the podcast that shares with you the mindset and skill set it takes for you to create your ideal leveraged lifestyle, whatever that might look like for you. Please welcome your host, entrepreneur, world record holder, and globetrotter, Catherine Turner. So I'm super excited to have you on the podcast, Sabrina. Thank um, you. It's, well, great timing um, because The Apprentice is back on this year. Uh, it's back on now, BBC. And um, obviously you were there last year. How does it feel like, does it feel like a year ago? Is this uh, kind of a bit mental? This, like, we've got to start with this, but we're going to go into some stuff. But we've got I'm to start so with this. jealous of this year. <laughs> Honestly, I'm watching it back and I'm like... I'd have like really enjoyed this task. Oh. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a bit upsetting watching it. Yeah. Um, but now I know all the like behind the scenes what it's really like. Yeah. So therefore, I'm kind of watching it with a bit of a sceptical eye. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm very, very, very jealous cool. of this year's candidates. Uh, so that's always the thing. Like I always feel the year you're not in it. Well, for me, that's every year so far. Um, maybe one day we'll see. Um, but. It's like, oh, I could do that task. I'd do that. And then I'm sure when you're there, you're like, holy crap. Like, what is this? Like, <laughs> holy this crap is, Yeah. What is this all about? Um, yeah. I just like, so what made you do it? Like, that's always like, cause this I was is, just hard, right? It's so hard. But I was such an apprentice fan. <laughs> I was like, okay, I have to do this. I just yeah. wanted the challenge um, of seeing what it would be like to be thrown into a random situation to have to deal with Lord Sugar, Lord mm. and Karen. Um, and also just, I was just a big fan of the show and I thought I could do it better than everyone else did, which I think I did, but there we go. There we go. <laughs> I did, I, I thought you did excellent. Like one of the things, my kind of, I suppose my, like looking back on it all is that you had some amazing ideas and I felt so many people just like stopped you in your tracks. I don't know, like how did it feel at the time and maybe obviously then watching it back. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I'll just let them do their thing and maybe, you know, maybe they fell, maybe they won't, maybe they succeeded, maybe they didn't. But equally, I suppose when someone's got a lead, you've got to let them, you can yeah. put in your advice, but they don't always have to take it, right? I do feel like I, you know, wasn't massively listened to in my year. Mm. Um, I think it was more overplayed by the way the editors had made me look. Yeah. Um, but it was like I was saying something. They were like, oh, no, let's not do this. And then later in the episode... Karen's like, oh, they should have listened to Sabrina. I'm like, yes, they should have done. <laughs> uh, but what just ended up is, you know, Karen and Claude would back me in the boardroom. And yeah. I think that's the reason why I kept being back, brought back into mm. the boardroom. And Karen and Claude kept saving me just because I feel like I was that young, energetic, bubbly blonde girl. But actually, I have got a business brain behind me. And sometimes that wasn't listened to. But yeah. that's just what life is about sometimes. It's what life's about, right? But that actually probably more than anything like what you've just said there the fact that these two like business moguls they're giants they've you know got such experience they're right and they were the ones that were like no yeah. like that that should fill you with confidence right it but, did yeah. an insider knowledge apparently i was karen's favorite girl um so yeah no it's it, it was a really it was really positive actually yeah. because i have so much respect for them mm. and to think that someone that successful in business has respect for me too it was like yeah okay that's a positive oh, nice. i can take that love it so one of the things i was chatting about with friend Chris the other day mm -hmm. was that a lot of um or I, I don't know it'd be good to get the percentage from you or what you know of of like how many 
people who go on the apprentice with a business idea, and obviously you've still got your business running, like how many of them still have their business running or like maybe they've come out of it for whatever reason and actually have they gone back into jobs or they've gone like an an entirely different route than what they started with? Mm, I think there's only a handful of us, a very small handful who are either still in business or have gone through their idea um, so Camilla's got her Milk Plus, yep. Sean's got her bikini brand, yep. um, Alex is doing like refurbishments to properties, okay. so in the co-working spaces, Daniel with Vital, but I think the majority of them have um, gone back into their jobs or they're still in their business. Yeah. Um, sorry, no, majority going back into their jobs or into not jobs doing their business. And not doing their business. But that's because business is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and some those who are in business, who I, the majority of them are the ones who got to the last kind of step and yeah. like the, the kind of ender ones. Yeah. They still are in it. But actually, our year was a very intelligent bunch. Mm. Um, like I have so much respect for every single person cool. in it because everyone is actually very successful and they wouldn't be on the show. They wouldn't be in the top 16 if they weren't. Yeah. So take Sarah, for example. Mm-hmm. She was out first, yeah. but she's got a thriving dance academy. And, you know, you wouldn't know just because yeah. that's not the way the sh- show showed her. Yeah. yeah. This, this is an interesting thing. Is there anything in particular that you were like, if I could do it all over again, that you'd do differently, you'd say differently, you'd act differently... Or were you happy with that you were just being yourself and that's how yeah. you, you just did it? I mean, I, I'm actually so lucky that I didn't change anything because when I went onto the show, uh, I had like less than five negative tweets and we had a podcast a couple of weeks back and mm. they were saying, how do you deal with the haters? Mm. And I was like, I didn't, didn't get any haters. Like I had, you know, such a positive publicity mm. um, from the show that I think the editors put me across and hopefully it was that way yeah. that was genuinely trying to, you know, go forward as a team rather yeah. than an individual. Yeah. I think that's the nice thing actually you've said that because I think so many times, especially in business, like my big thing is that, uh, you know, it's not just me. Like a lot of people see me because I'm the front one behind the business. I'm the voice literally of the business. Yeah. And what they don't see is all the people work behind it. And, you know, I did a whole podcast episode on all the people who make it worked for me like so I can do what I have to do within the business and I think it's important that it's not just about you it is about the team and acknowledging that yeah. and not just trying to be like the start 100% I would not be where I am without my team yeah like there's absolutely nothing behind a good entrepreneur apart from a good team yeah is my thoughts cool on that basis who is who would be say I've got a lot of people on the podcast who may be looking at their first hire um, thinking about building a team, maybe it's a scary process and scary thought of like actually being someone else's, um, uh, you know, paying their wages as such. Like what for you is that key first hire that made that biggest difference for you? I'd say the, the key first hire is somebody to do the jobs that I, I heard somebody, I think it was Nick James actually from Seriously Fun Business, the £10 jobs, in the sense that could... Are they the jobs that are taking up a lot of time and mm-hmm. they have to get done and yeah. they have to be done well, but you don't want to do them anymore? Mm-hmm. Because that way you can start focusing on the business strategy rather than um, the kind of behind the scenes admin. Yeah. And as soon as you get yourself from kind of the day to day activities and actually start growing the business, that's when you start to have a business. Otherwise, you're just a one man band. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise you just become a sole employee of exactly. your own business. Yeah. Exactly, and you end up working harder yeah. than anyone else. <laughs> no, that's so true. And I, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, 
there's um I think it's one of the ladies of Shark Tank. I've forgotten her name now, it's terrible. But she was saying, you know, entrepreneurs are like the only employees that then, you know, they're working 40, 50 hours a week, but then they become entrepreneurs and then they're suddenly working 80, 90 hours mm, a week. And it's yeah. like, well, that's not, one, sustainable. <laughs> and two, like you're, you're obviously then doing all the stuff that you're not good at, you're not in your flow. Um, yeah. That doesn't move the business forward, like saying, okay, that's really good that. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I like that idea. I've never kind of equated it, but like the 10 pound jobs. Mm. So for me, like personally leveraging was like cleaner, essentially 10 pounds an hour, uh, gardener, I'm terrible. I like a nice garden, but I'm terrible. But yeah. the amount of time, like my gardener could spend an hour in the garden. I would have to spend like four or five hours to get to the same level. And that's not the best use of my time. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. not only are they better in what they're doing and they're mm-hmm. going to do a better job, yeah. but let's say even as a tennis coach, right? So I was earning 40 pounds an hour when I was coaching um, back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> back in the day as a tennis coach. Um, and... I was, I hate cooking. I absolutely hate cooking. Mm-hmm. So I would always go out to eat and everyone would be like, oh, why are you spending so much money cooking? But actually that 10 pound meal mm-hmm. that I didn't have to cook, I didn't have to shop for, I didn't have to think about, I didn't have to clean up after and it's healthy. Yeah. Is 10 pounds there. And then I just spend an extra hour on court and I'm actually net profit 30 pounds and they've done a better job than I would. Love that. Yeah. That's a great one. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, it's not that good. Now I don't know how to cook. Well, well you know, you've got, you've got, you know, HelloFresh, you've got like delivery, you've got, you're fine. You're yeah, fine. I'm you're, okay. You'll, you'll live. You won't go hungry. <laughs> uh, cool. Okay. So tell me a bit more about like why you got into business. What was it about for you? What made you want to do what you did? Because I've heard you talk a little bit about it and kind of, mm-hmm. it seemed like the logical next step, but I suppose people who haven't taken that next step, like, how do you go through it? My advice would be, like you've just said, if you're going to be doing an 80-hour work week, what would you be happy doing the 80-hour work week in? Mm. And until you can say, okay, yeah, that's cool, then that's what you should be doing. If yeah. you think you can make a load of money from it, but then you're not going to be happy working an extra 40 hours a week, which actually means that you're earning less per hour, yeah. then is that the right business that you should be in? Mm-hmm. So I'd say before even starting off, you've got to make sure that you're ready to put in the hard work. Yeah. Um, and also, you've got to be able to put in the hard work. Yeah. So have you, have you got the rest of your life sorted mm. to then go make the change? Yeah, I like that. Because I, I think that's the thing. So, well... I'm definitely not one to have ever had my ducks in a row, like when I started <laughs> oh, I'm things. Safe. Yeah, I'm safe. <laughs> but, and I think that's the trouble. Like a lot of people may have a good idea. They might actually be really great at business, but they're the type of people who have to have every single duck in a row and then they never get started. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then they're losing all this potential there. And it's like, then someone takes over and then they're like, oh, I had that idea first. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You just didn't put yourself out and just get started. Exactly. Um, that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. I didn't, ex- I had a venue. I didn't expand, even though... People have told me to expand there. Mm-hmm. I didn't expand because I didn't want to scale up because I didn't think I'd need to. I didn't think I was yeah. ready. I didn't yeah. know what I was thinking. And someone else then did it in that venue. And I was like, sorry? So then I just grew it overnight. And you've mm-hmm. got to find that fire in yourself that, that takes you there. Nice. So I love that. You're saying I grew it overnight. What did that take? Like, what did it take? So I heard you say you went from like one venue to like some 10 venues. Mm-hmm. What was overnight for you? And what did that take? So overnight for me was we grew a business to a six-figure business in 12 months. We grew it to be the largest tennis events company within six months. Um, and what it took was my social life. <laughs> if I'm being really 
really honest. I didn't, Please, you know. This is keeping it real as well. <laughs> You've got to keep it real and just like say how it is. Yeah. It is. And I just worked every single evening. Uh, even now I'm such a workaholic. I, you know, it ruined my relationship because mm-hmm. I was always working. Um, it ruined a lot of my friendship groups because they mm. didn't get it. And it was just what I liked doing and what I liked enjoying. And I could always yeah. find something else to do. Yeah. But what it took was me having a reduction in my salary for six months mm-hmm. and me not having a social life. Okay. But then it's paid off. This is it. And so is that like, it? Yeah. You do it over, over again? Or is there anything you would tell yourself and go, okay, I may not sacrifice so much my social life if I did it slightly differently? Is there anything that I'd you're I'd do like, it again. Because yeah? I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for that. Yeah. Um, but I would have just done that earlier. Yeah. And is there anything you have to tell yourself during that process that made you keep going? Because... If you suddenly have to drag, drop in salary, you're not getting a social life, all of that. And it's another six months until you really see like the fruits of your labor. Yeah. Like, what did you have to tell yourself? What was the mental stuff going on as well? That you mm. had to be like, keep going, keep going, keep going. So but my biggest drive was if I don't do it now, then when am I going to do it? Mm-hmm. And secondly, if I do what everyone else is doing, then I'm going to be as average as everyone else is, mm. both in my relationship, both in my social life financially if I do everything if I do the same thing that everyone else is doing yeah. and I don't break down the barriers and do something myself yeah then I'm just going to be average and I, I've you know I've got the fear of being average okay <laughs> when did that start I'm gonna see if there's any questions coming in when did of the course. fear of average come in probably when I was like a 15 year old girl watching Tony Robbins uh, I know, wow. I know. I've watched him from such a young age. There's no females there, but if you type into you know business motivation on YouTube, you get Brendan Bouchard, Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. Grant Cardone. Mm-hmm. There's no females in that space. So I thought, one, I want to be someone for other young girls, young entrepreneurs to inspire to of a yeah. similar age. Yeah. Um, and then the second is I listen to his stuff every single day. Amazing! Wow. Yeah, don't know who he is. You need to YouTube him. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to end it on my live. Uh, so people have to tune into the podcast when it goes live. I'm going to keep you posted. I'll do the on same with mine. Well. Nice that's to see good. you all. That's it. You've got any questions there? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's I have to ask that question then. Um, so I'm going to do that. Um, what are you thinking so far of this year's Apprentice? This year's Apprentice. I just don't think they were as good as my year. <laughs> like, I, I, I enjoyed watching my, my year much more than I had any other year. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I think we had a much better year. Yeah. But I'm slightly biased. <laughs> I think you're going to be, I think you're going to be like, that's it. I have to confess, I've got it all recorded. I haven't actually had a chance to watch I have, it. I'm, I'm like a couple of episodes behind. Yeah. I need to catch up for Wednesday. To be fair, yeah, I think even your year, I was always about one behind. So I'd be like, every time I knew I was talking Prentice, I'd be like, la la la. Yeah, I'm getting really upset actually because every time I log on to Twitter, I find that he's been fired before oh. I've watched the episode. Yeah, that's the only trouble with Twitter. That's the only trouble with Twitter. Right, I'll take one more question and then uh, we'll. Uh, Last question. Any um, questions? Oh. You don't want to win the apprentice. Oh, okay. oh good question. Good question. I've been like Team Lewis from, no, no, like, okay. from day one. I'm going to have to go and find out what Lewis is then. I'm so, I'm so behind. Hopefully by the time this podcast goes out, I've actually watched them. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm Team Lewis good. from day one. And Pamela, mm-hmm. I quite like her because she like nicked my blue dress. Oh. Yeah, she, she nicked that for this year. Yeah. <laughs> right, right okay. bye guys. Lovely to see you all this again. This is the podcast when it comes out. Lots more to come. <laughs> Do you want to tell them where you can find the podcast? Oh yeah, so iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Leverage Lifestyle by Catherine Turner.
Woo! Leverage Lifestyle by Catherine Turner. Yeah. Tune in. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, so, so it's really interesting. I clearly going through the process, like, so when you're seeing these people, you're like, you understand the process they had to go through. Now, I know it's obviously a very closely guarded secret about yeah. what they have to go through and what you have to go through to get to the top 16. But I assume it's rigorous. I assume there is loads of competition. And it's like, when you get that call to say you have got to the top 16, you're on the program. What is that like? Oh, it was so insane, actually. So insane. On the 5th and 6th of um, December, I'm running a two-day apprentice workshop for like upcoming candidates or people who just are fans of the show. Yeah. Um, Obviously not going to say all the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it is kind of an insight to what it's like to be an actual candidate. Nice, okay. So if you want to find that out, check me out on Instagram. Uh, The link's there. I'll type it into Eventbrite. Yeah, Um, I'll I'll put it on the show notes as well. Yeah, it's all good. But no, it was was 65,000 people in my year who applied. Um, I got through to the top 16 well, to the to the final yeah. straight away. Yeah. Um, it was insane. Like I, the first it takes about three months altogether. So applied in January, mm-hmm. found out it went into the show in April. So you actually don't know for such a long time. Wow. Um, what do you think it was about you that made you stand out out of sixty five thousand people? It has to be that I I don't know probably like a very fun quirky personality okay. like I'm always yeah. smiling yeah. Um, I'm always looking at the positives I'm very yeah. optimistic yeah. and I seem very like you know kind of cute blonde trying to go out in the sports industry but <laughs> I've you know I have got a brain behind me so yeah. I think having a mixture of those two yeah. plus I had the you know unique aspect of myself being in tennis and they'd never had someone in tennis before okay. or, or sport before oh, right, so okay. I was like the sports person for The Apprentice. So I'm known as the tennis girl on The Apprentice. Oh, okay. The tennis girl. Like <laughs> so definitely that helps, okay. having a unique business. Oh, that's really interesting. So that, well, that's good news for anyone who's at all thinking about it. I mean, a lot of people that listen to podcasts, a lot of people that I'm connected with, they're new in business or they're just about to start or it's still a side hustle um, or they're looking to scale up and kind of systemize and, you know, they've been in it for a while, but it's still very much like mainly them. Um, so, you know, Obviously, The Apprentice has given you a massive platform. Um, you know, a lot of people will be looking at shows like that, um, especially, I suppose, younger people now who maybe want a kind of quick entry or route into things. Was that ever there for you that you're thinking, right, this could give me a boost, this could give me the next thing I want to do? Was there ever that in your head as well? 100%. Yeah. Um, I thought if I'm not going to win The Apprentice, mm-hmm. which I might not, which yeah. I didn't, um, I'm definitely going to utilise as much media as I can, yeah. uh, which I have done. And now I do, you know, I've travelled um, outside of the UK to do speaking gigs, to do nice. MC and presenting. It's opened so many opportunities. Yeah. Trying to get onto Blue Peter. That would be cool. <laughs> oh, I think we're a great kids presenter. Come on. Oh my God, I could say to you being a kids presenter. Yes. Hey guys, and today we're going to be talking. No, it has opened... <laughs> It's opened up so many opportunities. Oh my god, amazing, amazing. Yeah, you could say that like that would work really well. Yeah, okay. All right, Sabrina for Blue Peter. Let's make Sabrina for Blue Peter. <laughs> I actually went there um, with the last um, producer and had like a full sh- tour around the studios, yeah. went into the Blue Peter stock room. Like, it was okay. really cool, yeah. That's cool. And now you've got to figure out, figure out like what you're going to make. <laughs> Is that like just really old? Or am I literally just showing my age there? <laughs> Here's one I made earlier. Yeah, no, honestly, it's, 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 okay. it's more kind of a, 
a captive audience of going out there and trying new things yeah. with Peter now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, there we go. <laughs> so it has love, opened up a lot of opportunities. Nice, um, okay. But only because I've made that happen. Yeah, okay, so that's really good to know. So what do you think you've done specifically that's helped keep those opportunities coming to you? Uh, one, being super active on socials. Like, mm-hmm. it takes up a lot of time. <laughs> you know, lives, yeah. stories, posts, captions... I like and reply. I didn't used to. Yeah. Um, but I like and respond to every single comment on my post. Wow. Okay. And I've had 500 comments on my post before. So it takes up a lot Ooh. of time. But ultimately, if I don't do it, then yeah. what's the point of them following me if they're not going to have an interaction? Yeah. Um, and then I guess the second being... What the question was? What have we done? Yeah, what have you kept um, doing that's kept that momentum going for you? Yeah. I think also I have a business. Yeah. So I haven't just gone on a TV show and I'm look, looking for the next opportunity from the show. Yeah. Like my time spent in my business. Yeah. Um, I spend one to two hours a day max actually in the business and yeah. the rest of it is planning or strategy or trying to process everything. But yeah. I still work 80 hours a week yeah. on this business and on other businesses. Yeah. So I feel like the reason why I've become successful is because, yes, it's a TV show. Yes, it's a great platform. But the backbone is I have a six-figure business behind it. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have that, then what am I going to talk about on stage? It's yeah. just, you know, yeah. anyone can talk, but yeah, have they got really a business? Point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because it's like, okay, great that you've got the speaking opportunity. But then it's like, okay, what do you want me to speak about? It's like being on The Apprentice for you know, a few yeah. weeks, but actually my life is my business and that's one of the reasons you go on it, right? Exactly. That's cool. So what would have happened if you had a one and you'd be working with Lord Sugar? How would that look or how did you want it to look? Well, obviously this is going to sound a little bit biased, but I'm actually <laughs> glad I really didn't win. It's, do I'm you know so I've happy heard? I didn't win. I've heard other apprentice <laughs> finalists, but not winners, say similar. Yeah. I'm so happy I didn't win. And not because I don't have the respect, but I think the business plan I gave him mm. was the wrong business plan. That's because so I don't right? I don't want to let me be careful of how I say this. Yeah. I want to grow my tennis company. Yeah. But I want to do other things as well. I yeah. want to run my entrepreneurial workshops. I want to speak. Yeah. I want to create courses that allow others to start businesses. If I had won the investment then I would have spent that 80 hours a week on my tennis company mm. instead of 20 hours a week on my tennis company yeah. and 60 on other passion projects. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. That's a good, <laughs> good reason not to win. That's so interesting. And actually, I feel like that ends up being quite similar for a lot of people I've spoken to. I'd have felt so trapped. Or afterwards, yeah. Then it's like, or even actually winners saying they're then going down this route of that business that actually was the right one at the time but now not the right one. Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, mm. you, know, if you're, you know, if you've got all this media pressure, if people know me, let's say people, let's say one, and I've got all this media, oh, how's the tennis business going? What's it like being with Lord Sugar? All of the time. Mm. There's so much pressure on you as an individual to be able to be successful in that business. Yeah. But actually, I love tennis and I always will. But an entrepreneur has several businesses because mm-hmm. they want to keep going yeah. So therefore, I'd want to do different things naturally. Like, yeah. I like doing a million things at once. Yeah. If I would ha- just had to do one thing, I would feel, you know. I'd buy it. Yeah. So it's interesting, <laughs> you said about this entrepreneur thing. So this has come up in a lot of communities that I'm part of. Um, and one of my mentors has a podcast called The Disruptive Entrepreneur. And um, I've seen people say, oh, you're not allowed to call yourself an entrepreneur. And I was like, well, who decides what you can call yourself? Mm. Like, you're your own business person whether you're a director or businesswoman or 
uh, all the different names, especially for female entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. But it's like, what, what does it mean to you to be an entrepreneur? And when did you start, I suppose, either defining yourself or calling yourself that? When did that start for you? Um, I agree with your community in the sense that I've never called my entrepreneur, myself an entrepreneur mm-hmm. until others started calling it, yes. calling me it. Yeah. And until others started calling me it, my friendship groups, others in my com- different communities, yeah. I never called myself that yeah. because that's for something else for you to say. Yeah. The reason why I call myself it more frequently now is because I have so many startup companies asking me for advice that that's naturally what they want to become and do. So to them, I'm a role model in that community. But I've never, ever, ever called myself an entrepreneur until people started calling me one. Do you know what? (laughs) Probably the same for me as well. I don't think I'd ever go, hi there, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, so crass and like, no. It cringes me out. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, that's a good point. So I get that maybe you're... hmm, I think it's about having someone else confirm that for you first. What do you see? What makes an entrepreneur though? I think, number. have you created yourself a lifestyle where you're in complete control? Mm-hmm. And have you got a business where you're providing value mm-hmm. with the team? Oh, yeah. Does it mean you have to have more than one business? Depends what your business does, really. Mm. It's such a broad question. Like, yeah. I think, so one of the things was that people were like, well, when you're an entrepreneur, you usually don't want to do just one thing. And it was interesting that that's kind of what you said yeah. and that made me think about that question was actually like, because I've got lots of other passion projects and work with other people who've got businesses, like, so you are involved in more than one thing. Yeah. And I, I think actually know, a, maybe, maybe you could define that as something. Yeah. Because like, otherwise your business, like, I guess a business owner yeah. is that you have a business. Yeah. An entrepreneur is you have several businesses. Yeah. That's how I feel. Again, or you might be advising or consulting or in more than one business as well. Yeah. Okay. Mm, Interesting. I haven't really thought of that one. (laughs) It just seems to come up so often in like communities I'm part of. Again, there's obviously a bias of communities I'm in, but um, mm, okay, really interesting. So, what's next? What are you like? What are some of these passion projects? Um, What do you want to happen next? So, great question. Uh, One of them being entrepreneurial camps. Mm -hmm. So when I was growing up, um, I was put into sports camps, um, academic camps, like all the kind. But there was nothing to actually help me become a better business person. Mm. And I don't think it just tackles entrepreneurs, but it also tackles entrepreneurs. So there's a massive drive for people to become more entrepreneurial within the workforce and the workplace. So having that, plus the massive demand on children needing more things for their CVs and for their UCAS applications mm-hmm. when they go to university yeah. with the added value that if they come away from something, they have the opportunity to start their own business mm. and start making some money from a young age, which is what I did. Yeah. Bringing those all together in a fun social environment to do entrepreneurial courses. Love that. Love Thank that. you. So like, honestly, well, as I mentioned, I've got two kids Kind of under two, and let's just tend to. Yeah, they're a bit young. And well, oh, this is the crazy thing, though, because I'm like, I speak with friends who've got like four year olds, which yeah. Ella doesn't seem that far away. And they're like, yeah, we're having to look at schools, like we're having to apply, like we've got to apply by January. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Dear God, that doesn't feel far away. And it's like that kind of where you place them or the type of education you put them in, the environment you put them in. It's massive. That, yeah, that's going to have such an lasting impact yeah. on what they do. And for me, I, I've, I have talked about in the podcast before that I don't think schools these days and I think teachers are flipping awesome by the way but I don't think schools and the system around schools is set up 
for today's workforce or what mm. it looks like now of how you earn money, um, the different ways you can earn money. It's not how schools were set up. And like there's some great alternatives out there, but I think it's it's not out there enough. 100%. Like if you... Cause the reason why I know so much about the schooling system is my parents, both my parents are teachers, ah, okay. um, but also, yeah, also well, I run a kids company. Uh, so yeah. my clients, well, obviously it's their parents, but mm. are all under 18. So we've you know, gone through thousands of kids mm. and from tennis coaching, you understand kids' behavior. Yeah. And when you look at the school system, it was created in the industrial area mm-hmm. where you will learn how to conform because they wanted you to therefore go into a nine to five factory job. Yeah. Or you'd learn, you know, the higher ranks if your parents were already there. Yeah. So we're taught to, to do what everyone else is doing. And you're mm. learning creativity behind a desk. You're not taught how to think. Yeah. And you're taught, given so much information in a now information, you know, toxicated world. Yeah. Rather than learning how to filter information. Yeah. We don't need more information. Is exactly. Is that if you want to know something? I, I learned so much of a master's just through like YouTube. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if hopefully not listening. Um, and if you're wanting to create a change, then you've got to be doing something different. Mm. And if you look at this, you know, the curriculum, we're still talking freaking Shakespeare in school. Like that's not going to help you at all when it comes to real life. We're not mm. taught about taxes. We're not taught about finance. We're not talking about how to buy your first house, how to change a car wheel. There's so many life skills mm. that we're not learned and we're not taught. And you get shut down if you question anything. Yeah. And it's not the teachers don't do a good job, but it's the fact that when they were taught at university, they're given a curriculum to talk, which is completely outdated. Yeah. And unless there's some kind of rapid change, that's not going to change. Yeah. There's um, a great quote, actually, one of my... Uh, other interviews uh, on the podcast she quoted and I saw it again on Instagram recently and it's like uh, it's the Einstein quote around don't judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree mm-hmm. and there's a oh, I like that yeah it's a good one right so and then on Instagram literally like the last two days was um, a picture of a guy behind a desk so certainly the teacher at the front of the classroom or um, and it's saying you're going to be measured on this test and it's like a monkey an elephant a fish all these different animals um, you're going to be tested on how you can climb that tree. So it's just mm. another way of saying the same thing. And it's just like, yeah, like, there's no individualism. Like I look at my kids and as much as they have similarities, they have massive differences. We're bringing them up the same way. We're doing the same thing. But I can already see they're different in how they are and how they're being. And it's just like, they're going to learn differently. Mm-hmm. They're going to think differently. And yet the system is not set up to help them do that. No, um, it's, it's set up yeah. to teach you a curriculum. Mm. It's not t- set up to make you think. So we look at in our courses, the four C's. So Mm -hmm. collaboration, creativity, critical thinking and communication. And if you teach thinking skills in school, then everyone can have that individuality. Mm -hmm. But if you teach them a curriculum where they're meant to think and say the things that are in the textbook, then you've got the whole issue of you're teaching them irrelevant things in 10 years time. Yeah. Well, this is it. Like how many jobs that exist today didn't exist 10 years ago mm-hmm. how many jobs that existed 10 years ago now don't exist today yeah um i i put a post, post out recently i you know i have these like random thoughts i don't know if i'm the only one i'm hoping not um but i was just thinking the other day of like businesses where there might suddenly have been a load of waste where there was you know a change in the law or regulation mm-hmm. or 
just trends or whatever it might be. And actually, it meant that that business died pretty much yeah. overnight. My uh, catchphrase oh, is yeah. the only change, the only constant is change. Yes. hundred percent. I've said that so much recently. Oh, so good. Um, and it is, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's on a big bang theory uh, the other day as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love Sheldon. Yeah. Uh, bless. Uh, yeah, no, but it's so important. So I love the fact that you're going into that. Okay, cool. So entrepreneurial camps for kids. What's happening with that? Are you, is it close? Is it going to be like summer camps? Is it going to be... So first was in summer. Nice. Okay. Um, we are at the moment A-B testing whether it should be residential or not. Yeah. My thoughts are it should be residential mm. um, just because there's not much opportunity for parents to give their kids away for a week anymore. Yeah. yeah. And parents need some time off, you know. We do. <laughs> we really do. Um, cool. Excellent. I love that. Um, and yeah, anything else you're up to? Anything else you'd love to share? Any. Is there anything that you're just like, no one ever asked me about this and I would love to share it? Oh, great question. Um, I'd probably say the other set is the lack of young females spreading their message. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier, with you know the whole Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Brenda Bouchard, massive names, a lot of time for them. Yeah. But where's the female that yeah. someone's meant to look up towards? Yeah. And do you know what? They're all 50 plus. Yeah. And I think there is something about the I mean, I was, you know, watching them about 40. Right. <laughs> this is it, yeah. But still, like, I think there is this, like, where is that level? Where is the, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s people, um, especially women? And interestingly, I've had a lot of people, male and female, mums and dads, contact me about, like, parents going through building a business and what that, like, looks like and how a that... Whole another ball game. A whole other ball game. Um, and of course it depends what age your kids are and like have you started your business before you had kids and there's so many different variables to it all but yeah I, one I just don't think there are enough people talked about that I don't mm-hmm. think there's enough um, females just putting themselves out there enough and being I don't know whether it's attention whether it's getting attention I, I feel like there are about. quite a lot of females but I don't know what I don't know why everyone's like oh females inspire females why can't we inspire both genders which is it like it's <laughs> You're looking up to Tony Robbins and, and Grant Cardone and people like that, like Gary Vee and Tim Ferriss. Like, they're of an older male generation. It's like, where's the, yeah, where, where's yeah. the female? So I guess mm. one part of it is creating this um, online academy. Yeah. Or one of courses. Cool. Where you teach the A to Z, spoon feeding people about how to start a business. Yeah. Because if they have that and they say they have the drive that they want to do, mm-hmm. then why are they not being successful? Yeah. And either, not everyone has, you know, everyone's born to own a business, yeah. to run a business. Yeah. We need great employees in the world. We do. Because otherwise you wouldn't have any businesses. So. But are there simple steps and simple solutions to starting a business out there? No. I don't think no. there are. I think there's so much information. I would have loved a step-by-step guide about how to start my business. Same. I, I, and, I think, <laughs> and you have to do it. You have to figure out it yourself. This is it. And actually, you say like going through like an MBA or a business degree or something like that. Mm. One like massive barriers there yeah. to doing that. Like the amount of debt you're going to come at the university. Actually, it's not the best learning environment to start a business. Like it's really not it's too theoretical. There's no practical. Um, cool. I like that yeah. idea. Okay. I usually like to finish off with some quick fires. Go on. Um, and then we'll kind of. Um, share some socials and things like that. <laughs> um, so, uh, this podcast is called Leverage Lifestyle. Um, I love that name, by the way. Where did it come from? Thank you. Um, well, there's a few reasons. So, again, my business mentor wrote an awesome book called Life Leverage. We're just in the process, I think I'm allowed to say this. I'm going to say it anyway, of 
working out the kind of vertical of okay. life leverage for parents. Nice, love yeah. that. Um, and likelihood is that my husband and I are going to do a life leverage for property mm-hmm. because it's an international bestseller as well. So um, that's really good. I yeah. like it. That's so really great. good. Um, myself and Stephen then did an online masterclass called Life Leverage Online Masterclass to help people again create a business that actually they can leverage and scale and systemize and outsource because yeah. again so many people are just doing it themselves and they're like bam overwhelmed frustration all this stuff going on so it's like okay what are the steps you need to take now mm-hmm. to you've, you've built your business that bit's already done but actually how do you how do you scale it scale it you have to outsource. go vertical when it comes i yeah. think online courses are the way to go because you have such a big reach yeah. and it means you can change content that's changing this is it so that came, um, our VA hiring portal came as well, the Viva Club. And, and then, yeah, this podcast just kind of made sense because I was talking a lot about virtual assistants, talking a lot about the Life Leverage program. Um, I have to quiz you about virtual assistants. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Definitely need one. <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm, I, I bang on about them all the time to people. I'm, I'm sure people are fed off a bit, but I've still got people coming, coming to me, you know, multiple people daily saying, okay, I'm ready for my VA now. I'm like, I'm sure you are because if you know you're ready, you were probably ready like a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's probably what's happened. Um, so yeah, Life Leverage just kind of came about because I was like, I see so many people create a business and the reason why they start the business is not now why they're doing the business because they've forgotten the why and they've forgotten the vision, the values and all the drivers behind it. And it's trying to kind of bring them back to it and then saying, okay, what's the lifestyle you want? This is yeah, how you're going for Yeah, I, I can see that. After a year of working 80 hours a week, I'd be listening to a podcast. <laughs> nice. Excellent. That's what I like. So I suppose from now my explanation of why uh, Leverage Life, so how it all came about, what would it mean to you? What does that kind of, that phrase mean to you, Leverage Life? Money doesn't, isn't the drive, but it mm-hmm. does give you the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, enjoying your journey to get there and two, making the most out of the opportunities. Love it. Perfect. Cool. <laughs> Okay, this is always a good one. If you had a magic wand and could fix only one problem in the world, mm-hmm. one challenge, one problem, what would it be and why? You only have one. Get Brexit done, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> That's very specific to the UK, but fair enough. It is probably driving us all insane now. Yeah. It is. I, I think it's the, I'm not getting into politics here, <laughs> but I think the biggest problem or issue with Brexit is that it creates so much uncertainty within mm. the economy and the environment that that therefore created so much knock-on effects. Mm. And I think people are devaluing the value of politics because it's been going on for so long. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why it shouldn't have gone on for so long because when you've got such a big decision, you've got to do the, you know, the groundwork to get there. Mm-hmm. But actually, the knock-on effects is the confidence within the UK. Mm-hmm. And the amount that that's impacting decisions for investment to take place for the property market for day-to-day things that affect people. Yeah. I'm not going to say what you mean by done either. We won't go there. <laughs> um, each to the right. And, okay, what is one of the... Oh, yeah, you know. There's, there's many things that I could talk about. I won't talk that's about it. Friends, but that's but the thing that's right now. <laughs> See, well, this is the interesting thing of when this podcast goes live and when people are listening to it, either it has happened or hasn't happened or we're still all in there. It's, it's oh. not even the Brexit thing. It's just the fact that there's no certainty. Yes. People want certainty because they like routine. Yeah. So therefore, when there's such a big thing, when they listen to it as well, like politicians have such a hard job. Mm. We're giving them so much grief 
But actually, they not only deal with Brexit, they've still got everything, everything else. else that they yeah. need to deal with. Yeah, 100%. So. Would not want to be in their position right now. So, <laughs> yeah, I've got enough on my plate. Um, so, um, not necessarily the best questions, but I think I get good answers out of them. So, worst piece of advice you've seen or heard or been given? Worst piece of advice was to stop posting so much on my Instagram. So interesting. Yeah. Who said that? One of my best friends. She was like, people don't want to see your stories. I'm like, well, apparently they do. So. Apparently they do. <laughs> and how many followers has she got compared to you? We went out to that one. We went out to that one. Bless each of their own again. So yeah. Um, best piece of advice, again, either you've seen or heard or been given. Best piece of advice was to not settle on average. Mm. So when it comes to friendships, relationships, um, business, not settle on being average. Nice. I like that. Also, yeah. I think it's a good sentiment to give to all the listeners as well. So don't be average. Cool. Okay. And then where can we find out more about you? Where can the listeners kind of, if they want to find out more about what's going on at entrepreneur camps or uh, the apprentice uh, masterclass, yes. where can they find out more? Uh, well, my Instagram is yeah. where I'm probably the most active, which yeah. is sabrinastocker.r. Um, and then on there there's links to the apprentice workshop um you'll find out soon it's not launched yet about the entrepreneurial camps Great. about my tennis company if you like tennis uh, everything's on there okay super i'll make sure they're all in the show notes as always and um yeah is there anything you would like to leave the listeners with at all anything else you would like to say before we wrap things up probably just to have fun with it yeah. like you know life's a bit of a game mm-hmm. business is a bit of a game yeah you've got to have a mixture of the luck of the dice, the roll of the dice. Yeah. Uh, and put the time behind it and you'll be successful. Nice. Wonderful. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much for <laughs> Thanks for having me. Awesome.